we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, we could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. I hope that it can occur in a, a civil way. And I, 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 I mean civil in a special way, I, peaceful. The biggest question, in, maybe in economics and politics of the coming decade, will be what to do with all these useless people. I just see the need for such a dialogue, and I see the need for action. I see the need for a great reset. We are 1,113 days into 14 days to flatten the curve. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and uh, the always popular, somewhere between iconic and psychotic, the fan favorite, Lord Marty Foster. Lord Foster, how are you? Um, I'm just going to say fine. Thank you very much for asking. How about you guys? I'm healthy and alive. I, I, I just want to point out the intro a little bit. Uh, there was just a vote in the Senate in America that uh, uh, removes, well, they voted to to cancel the COVID-19 uh emergency whatever yeah yes just voted to cancel that so that that that's good news i guess after three years well it'll go to the house where it will fail and then if it but if some miraculous chance occurs and it passes and it's going to go to the the old man's desk where he's if he can put the ice cream down for a couple of minutes by the way he didn't say chinese ice cream he said jenny's ice cream which he said it so fast i couldn't really tell yeah. to be honest but if he can put that down for a couple of minutes he'll veto it and send it back because I'm assuming that they're going to try and extend that. If he's not distracted by a small child that he has to leer through a window at, um, he he may well, as you say, veto it. Isn't that terrible? Um, he's so easily distracted, isn't he? Ice cream, children, fraudulently uh, rigging elections, all those sorts of things. Immediate distraction for uh, the old man. Indeed, indeed. Bruce, do you want to, um, shall we, because we haven't done this yet. We've been waiting for the air to clear and all of the, uh, the the stories to get out there. Should we talk about the school shooting that took place in Tennessee? Should we discuss that? Because, I mean, some activist groups are saying that, by the way, have stormed both the capital of Tennessee and of Kentucky as we speak at time of recording. Some activist groups are saying that the reason that that happened is because, well, because you have private Christian schools. That's why it occurred. So we've got to stop. We've got to end private schooling. We can't have that. Yeah, Um it, we would be uh, remiss if we didn't cover it because um, it is kind of a big deal. It's also a bit of a sideshow, if you will. It's a, it's a, little a bit, bit of a distraction. A little bit. Um, kind of like what the Trump uh, thing, grand jury, ended up being. But anyway, um, transgender. It's a woman or a girl, I guess. I don't know. Well, no, she's 20, a woman. She's 20 26. Yeah. Like 26, I thought. Yeah. So, yeah. So, woman. Um, biological woman that wants to be a man was not allowed by uh, her parents to dress as a man in the home. 
And she attended this school at one point uh, as well. The mainstream media is labeling uh, this as a Christian student uh, or a Christian school student shot up a Christian school. That's how they're wording it. Uh, they're, they're specifically tying it to Christianity and the Republican uh, Party, you know, because we're so against transgenders and everything when we don't really care. Um, it, the, the problem we have is you going after kids. That's that's the problem. When Ann shot up the school, cops uh, responded, um, shot her. Can, can we mean, break this down bit by bit? Because, yes, please. Yeah, go ahead. You, um, you've seen I, it. You're watching I've, it. From, you and I are watching it from abroad. So, yeah, please go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I've I've seen the clips. I'm sure the latest clips showing police body activated cameras with I active be, school shooter. Yes, I will run that behind me uh, with no audio so you can see yeah. it. But, yeah, go on. But, yeah, I've, I've seen that. But so, and there shouldn't be a thing called a school shooter, but I'm afraid there is. How many school shooters have been women? biological women very few very few more than uh, one i've never heard of any that that's that's what i'm struggling I, i'm struggling to think of one that that's this this is typically not something women do um at all uh it, if it comes to this level it's usually just um a crazy I say just but it's usually suicide or something like yeah. that if, if it comes to that level uh, yeah. of death they they usually do it on themselves they don't usually take other people and attack them so I, I I would be standing by for cries of toxic masculinity anytime soon, but it's it's it, we shouldn't be laughing about it because you know it's it's tragic that that this kind of thing happens. But they'll find some way of blaming men for this because maybe this individual, for a start, you're telling me they they couldn't dress as a male because their parents said no. They're 26. What the hell are they still doing living at home? This was this was growing up, I, I believe, um, as they were growing up. They were they were never allowed that uh, until, well, they changed when they left the home. Right. OK, so it it, it just seems to me that this this to me sounds like uh, that making a murderer thing. Someone's been pressing some buttons here on this individual to create this kind of situation. I, I don't necessarily think that it's, it's, you can't, may, maybe you can relegate it to one specific thing. You don't know. I mean, maybe this person was radicalized online. We hear that all the time uh, about whatever group uh, through whatever time. That was a big thing a while back, a few, when I say a while back, I mean, a few years ago about, um, Marty, do you remember the case where they were arguing in Westminster about people in England or in the UK, not necessarily just England, but people in the UK going over and fighting for ISIS and then returning because they would get yeah. quote, radicalized online, that type of thing. So maybe that was yeah. the case. It could have been. But I tell you what, I will go a step further with this. And Bruce, maybe you can uh, corroborate this or disagree with it. I don't know, because you and I, we we look at the mainstream media, not because we want to, but because we have to, because of research purposes. I would say that this heavily stems from not just being radicalized online, I'd say that plays a part in it, but also being radicalized literally through the mainstream media. They're pushing this nonsensical hatred every single day in the United States. Be that about race, be that about gender, be that about any kind of inequality or inequity, whatever phrase they use that day. 
I would argue it comes from the mainstream media, largely, not only, not exclusively, but largely. There's a there's an element of that. The problem is we don't know because the law enforcement will not release the manifesto this woman had written. Um, they will not release uh, further details because investigation. So now there's probably some legitimacy to that uh, because if the manifesto gets out and then the jurors... Uh, see it from a media standpoint, it could change their opinion. There, there is some some argument to be made there. Uh, but at the same time, governments in the past, when, when something like this comes up, they say, oh, we're not going to release it now. We want to get through the legal process. The legal process gets done. But the, the news cycle has changed. So it just gets swept under the rug and we don't hear anything about it. Uh, case in point, Vegas shooter. Have you guys heard anything else about the Vegas shooter? One of the worst massacres in the United States and we know nothing, literally nothing about no. it. No, we certainly don't. Um, and I'd like to play this clip. Bruce, uh, before I play this clip, let, let me just ask you, House theologian, and uh, I mean, I, I think we can we can kind of, you know, I'm, but I'm pointing you, to you specifically uh, in this regard, and you are also educated outside of the public school system. Would you consider this to be, in your own opinion, obviously we don't know because they haven't released the manifesto and all social media of this individual has been scrubbed, just looking at it on the surface, would you classify this personally, in your opinion, as a hate crime against Christians? I don't like the term hate crime to begin with, but it was this, uh, this woman was going to attack two different, she had, she had mapped out two different locations and determined she was going to hit this location because it had less security. If my understanding is right, both locations were Christian schools uh, uh, that she was going to hit. So yes, it does seem like it was an intentional mm -hmm. attack on Christian specifically, or a Christian yeah. school, whether or not it, it could stem from um, her family is Christian and she was raised in a Christian home, going to Christian schools and was not allowed to be uh, uh, a transgender uh, while she was living mm -hmm. with her parents. Okay. It could be some kind of bitterness or something there. It may, it may not be directly like hate crime necessarily. It could be, you know, something uh, it's, it's spurred from, from past hurts or something, mm -hmm. but. Okay. All right. I, I just, from, from my own, the way my mind works, right. From, from looking at it from an investigative standpoint, you want to examine all options. You want to find out whether or not this was uh, motivated politically or religiously or ideologically, whatever, right? You want to explore all options. Listen to Senator Kennedy asking Attorney General Garland if that's something that they are preparing to do. Do you plan on opening a hate crime investigation for the targeting of Christians? The um, FBI and ATF are both uh, on the scene working with the um, uh, local police. Uh, as of now, motive hasn't been identified, and the police chief said at the last, at his last press conference that they don't yet have reached a conclusion with respect to uh, motive. Uh, we are certainly working full-time with them to try and determine what the motive is, and of course motive is what determines whether it's a hate crime or not. Well, so you, you see, they need motive first. What about well, that manifesto? Yeah, that's, I was going to say. That's exactly what stay... I was going to say. The manifesto. Um, are you looking at that, Attorney General? It's where I would start. And and the right. Did the perpetrator gain financially from it? No. Uh, was it something personal? Uh, was were they attacked first? Was it self defense? No. So yeah, it's the motive here is hate. 
so it is a hate crime, but I'm with Bruce on this because I don't like the term because what they've done here in the UK is they've pinned that onto anything. People living in areas where they might have become a minority almost overnight uh, and they might have bumped into someone in the street, had a fight, but because that person is of a different ethnicity to them, the police can pin hate crime on it, make the sentence, you know, for the crime higher, uh, and and it's 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 all about um, public image, the public image of of uh, of a diverse and equal society. Uh, it, it's all about um, you know uh, what's the word sound bites on on mainstream media that they were punished for the hate crime, so on and so forth, and so I'm not. Yeah, I, I agree with Bruce that hate crime is probably the wrong term, but the motive here is clearly uh, uh, an extreme dislike of of the institutions that that individual was forced to go to. I say forced, you know, her parents probably thought they were doing the best they could for her by paying for a private education in a Christian school. So, you know, th- this is this is blatant ingratitude. Fueled by, as you say, Johnny, that radicalization one way or another, whether it's transgender radicalization, uh, gender politics, or whether it's ideologies, religious ideologies, it's still someone who's been radicalized somehow. And, you know, they've they've told us that they're cracking down on uh, the ability for fundamental Islam to radicalize people online and in the mosques and in other public forums. Um, but they're not cracking down on this kind of activism. So maybe that will that that will happen next, but there'll probably have to be half a dozen uh, in rapid succession transgender shooters for that to even get any momentum at all. Indeed, you're right, sir. And to to your point there, you were making the the argument in um, uh, in prep, and I I agree with you that and we can dip down the road of the uh, the TikTok or tip tip TikTok. I get my words all mixed up here. The uh, the TikTok app in the process of being banned in all of our countries here. So uh, we can discuss that. But Marty, you had made the claim that due to what we were discussing in uh, in prep about the Kentucky Capitol and the Tennessee Capitol, this and the reason I think is they aren't going to crack down or or go after those particular outcries from that community because they're going to wait and paint everybody with the same centrist brush, right? Yeah, it, we're seeing it time and time and time again. Rent-a-mob, regardless of what side politically they're on or what side in terms of gender fluidity they're on, they turn up, they cause trouble, it goes too far, it's it goes outside of the law as it stands and so the laws need to be tightened up and the powers of police increase to the point where any protest becomes illegal this is the pattern that's forming all of these protests are organized by someone that person that's doing the organization is being paid by the bad actors that we've mentioned time and time again in most cases i, I can't think of anywhere it's not uh, and it's through these, air quotes, charitable foundations that the renter mob uh, gets organized and set in a direction. And it's those renter mobs that will slowly but surely 
ensure that governments are able to take away your rights as a citizen to peaceful protest. I agree. And it, the other thing I think that's going on as well is it's it's trying to, like as the example with this um, shooting we were just talking about, we were seeing the protests going on in Kentucky and Tennessee. I think this is also trying to stir up division amongst the populace to to try to get them to basically beat each other's throats, to... to um, have open violence in the streets so that the government can crack down and have another avenue that they can come at you with and say, well, this is because um, Republicans can't control themselves or, you know, something of that nature. They'll, they'll, uh, they'll paint uh, Republicans as the problem and accuse Republicans of everything that they, they're doing themselves, Democrats in this case. Uh, they're being violent and destroying things or they're going after like social security or they're going after uh you know raising taxes or or crushing the economy and then they blame the republicans they're the ones doing it all we've seen this happen before and i know we're 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 not supposed to do this when we're um uh in in debates and whatnot to to reference nazi nazism or not what happened in back in the day but what did they do to the jewish people they they branded them rats. They branded them, uh, you know, pestilence. They 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 changed the image in society of the Jewish people. That's what they're doing to um, anyone that's religious that isn't on. Uh, so if you're any other religion other than Muslim, you're you're painted with a negative brush. Uh, if you're against, um, you know, transgenderism or any of those the LGBT thing, and you would prefer it to stay in the adult sector by choice, you know, you, you want to do that, you you go and do. You're painted with a negative brush, and there, I'm just concerned this is going to escalate, and it's See, it's going to get to the point to where they're fine with doing what they did in the the um, summer of love, where they killed people that were um, thinking counter to them politically. The um, the sad thing is for these liberals, so-called liberals, that, that think they must support Muslim causes uh, at the cost of all other causes, um, is that I'm afraid to say the, um, the Muslim faith is the least liberal of all of the faiths. The, the tenets on which it's built and the strict adherence to everything that is haram or forbidden means that, it, you know, the, these these liberals that will decry a Christian organisation but promote a Muslim organisation are fooling themselves because when that, you know, that transition happens, uh, no, no pun intended, when the transition happens and you wind up with more Muslim people in your community than Christian or agnostic or of of whatever faith, things will become a lot more strict. If they, you know, we have we've seen it in London, in Brick Lane, we've seen it in Birmingham, everywhere where you effectively have a Muslim ghetto. They've tried to enforce Sharia law on the streets, putting up signs telling white girls your shorts, your, your skirts too short, go and go home and change. These, this, this is not the majority of Muslims. These, these are the the radicals that are there in that community, but they see that as their their right and their role to do that. And and so these liberals that will decry a Christian organization, but support something like Hamas or um, 
you know, the Muslim Brotherhood or any any of these these other organisations uh, are fooling themselves because they will be the first ones to be got rid of. You know, you, we 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 think that the the Christian faith and the Jewish faith doesn't like homosexuals and transgenders. Well, you just ask your average Muslim what their opinion of homosexuals and transgender people is, and you'll be told in no uncertain terms. This yeah, this is true. why I hate religion. This is why I personally hate all forms of religion. We need to let people be who they are, but not have the media and people with malintent force people down certain directions and and try to make them make these kinds of decisions when they're too young to understand what they're doing. I have personal first-hand ex- experience. Not, I'm not talking about myself here, but I'm talking about people I know very well who repress their sexuality. That repression of their sexuality caused other mental problems. It caused all kinds of other uh, psychosis that they're still dealing with, even though they've come to terms with the sexuality and have come out and um, are living as happy a life as they possibly can be, they've still got some of these hang-ups from that period of repression. And, and you know, my apologies to anyone of a strong religious, you know, um, denominational faith, but those faiths actually deny nature. To, to, to some degree, because homosexuality and those kind of differences have always been there. It's nothing new. And going, and I, I don't want to get into a row with you, Bruce, here, although I'm quite welcome to have a discussion about it. If there is an almighty being, that almighty being created all of us. So therefore, who's to blame? If some people are gay, some people are not, some people feel they're born in the wrong body. But what we mustn't do is make it popular, make it, oh, yeah, that's the the only way to be. Because people who are not of that nature will find themselves making stupid choices just to fit in, just to feel a little bit special, just to uh, get some attention. And that's the issue that we have. I'm, I'm going to shut up for a while and let you come back at me and I'm ready for you, mate. I would actually, uh, uh, first, I would, I would, uh defend you in what you were saying, that you were not trying to offend anybody of strong religious faith. Um, if you're uh, if you're offended by such um, talk, uh, uh, then you must not be very strong in your faith to begin with. Oh, but we know there's plenty, by... sorry, sorry to interject, but we know there's plenty of those. We talked about them possibly two and a half to three years ago, where I said, you get people who go to church every mm-hmm. Sunday or synagogue every for, is it Friday? You know, Saturday, Saturday. Every Saturday yeah. and mosques five days a week and twice on Fridays. But the moment they come out, they forget all about the, the other parts of the tenets of their faith, mm-hmm. about charity, respect, all those things that um, Abrahamic religions teach people how to be. They forget them immediately. So we know that there are plenty of people who consider themselves to be good Christians, good good Jews or good Muslims who aren't anything but good. They yeah. they are um, hypocrites. So we, we and now if I'm offending anyone, I really don't give a shit. So sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's the point I was getting at is if the bottom line is, is if you're offended by something that 
Uh, Actually, let me put it this way. If you're offended by something that any of us say on here, that's your own fault. That's not, that's not, we're we're saying either what we believe or what we believe to be true uh, to the best of our ability. And if you're offended by that, that's a you problem. That's not an us problem. Um, So, but that, again, that's my opinion on, on that. So when you have disagreements of religion or I, I don't care how strong or hard you come on uh, about that. For me, it doesn't bother me because I know what I believe and where I stand. So um, that's what I expect out of religious people in turn. It's not fair, but that's what I expect. So with with all that aside, the only pushback I have is it, it, it's it's more of like a syntax kind of thing. Yes, God did create all of us, but technically he only created Adam and Eve and everything after that was procreation. It was uh, our own choice. Um, so uh, the, the beginning, yes, I agree. But then past that, all other um, uh, procreation since then has been under the curse, if you will. Based on Abrahamic religion. And I'm hoping you've got something to come back at me with this then, because effectively, if you're saying after the Garden of Eden and Adam and Eve, everything's in our hands, why are we still standing there praying, worshipping, communicating on a daily basis? Even I pray every day in my own particular way. Um, Aren't we effectively an audience clapping and cheering for an encore when the band is already on the tour bus heading for the next town? Isn't that what we're doing? Not necessarily. So to to your point, Basically, what the Abrahamic religion teaches, uh, you know, to the foundation of that, when you're praising or you're praying or any of those kind of things, you're talking to the creator. And for Christians, you are not just the creator, but also the one that uh, died for your sins. So it's it's a it's like uh, interacting with a real person. I know I'm using I'm using um, terminology. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, it's like interacting with a real person. When you're building a friendship with someone, you sit and talk with them. Right. You, you have to engage with them. It's the same concept when it when it comes to prayer and those kind of you're you're talking to someone who is the all powerful being that created everything. But yet they care of you specifically so much. They know the hairs on your head and wish to s- sit and converse with you to have an actual like uh, father son uh, relationship with you or father daughter, whatever. But in the Abrahamic religion, it's always your firstborn son and in the way you're treated. Um, there's a there's a whole meaning to that and everything, and it has nothing to do with gender. It has all everything to do with blessings and inheritance. But anyway, all that to be said, I hope that answers the question a little bit. Um, it, it it does it does because that that's the kind of relationship I have with what I consider to be um, you know the a power above ourselves. But when I was a kid, I was brought up in the church. I was a, I was a chorister. I even went to the Royal School of Church Music and was trained there in Croydon to sing uh, all around the county in different churches and cathedrals. I was baptised. I was confirmed in into the Christian faith. But as a kid, because I was brought up by my grandparents, I realised that my parental figures were a lot older than everybody else's. And I was scared witless as a child of losing one or either of them or both of them. And you do deals with God. You you say, just let me be old enough so I can cope with it, uh, so that I'm strong enough and so on. Well, I was 11 years old when my grandmother died and I did find the strength to cope with it. 
but that wasn't the deal that I was hoping for. And if I was going to lose faith and just become a non-believer, that would have been the time that I would have done it. The reason I'm explaining all this is because you've got someone who's just gone into a school they went to at the age of 26 and indiscriminately started to shoot at people. That individual had no relationship with God or a supreme being or whatever you want to call it, clearly, because that would have been wrong in anybody's mind to go and kill innocent people. They've become sick. They weren't treated with that relationship that you were talking about uh, of the firstborn son, about inheritance and respect and, and so on, by their own parents, because their own parents didn't understand that individual's difference for want of a better word. And I'm not trying in any way, shape or form, excuse what they did. Uh, and really, they, they got what they deserved. But there is this problem where religious ideas and religious, what's the word I'm looking for? Dogma, get in the way of people's relationships with their parents, because everyone believes slightly differently and grows slightly differently. And that's, again, this isn't all about Marty winning an argument on religion. It's just trying to help people understand what other people are going through and why sometimes we get these situations arising. And it's certainly not meant in any way uh, as attack on our in-house the theologian, which is you, Bruce. Uh, and I, I don't take it as an attack. And I also would uh, point out that in in the cases that you're you're referencing there for yourself and for uh, this woman, I would argue that you 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 uh, I don't mean to compare the two of you, but I, I, I think both uh, both of you were religiousized. Uh, I'm making up a term here, but there's a difference between um, having a relationship with God and being religious. They're, they're, those are two separate things. They're not mutually exclusive, but they're two different completely things. So you can be raised in the church, taught church, you can you can be affiliated with all of that and yet still have no relationship. You could be great, uh, you know, great individual, but still have no like functioning relationship. And I'm not saying you didn't have a functioning relationship with God. What I'm saying is, is I don't think she did. You can be religiousized, which you made up that nice word, but you still have no relationship. I get that. Uh, and I understand what you mean. But for me, it was slightly different because my grandparents, they didn't go to church every Sunday. It was just me that was sent. And this is quite amusing. I'm pretty sure it was because they were still in their 50s, late 40s, 50s, that they just wanted their grandson out of the house for a while. So Sunday mornings was their time, air quotes. And that, you know, I, I was exposed to other forms of, of faith, uh, such as the spiritualist church. And it was that that partly guided the way I think now. So anyway, yeah, we must move on. Thanks for that, Bruce. Much appreciated. Thanks for being patient, Johnny. It's not very often the two of you get a segment. It's true. And I didn't interrupt there. I let you two have a segment. And uh, it's quite frankly, I, I was enjoying listening. So um, it was great dialogue between the two of you. Uh, Marty, I wanted to talk about, or I, I'm sure we all wanted to weigh in on the fact because it, it goes right into the, uh, uh, the theme of what we're discussing. Uh, the banning of TikTok. And supposedly this is legislation that has either already passed in the UK or it's in, and it's in the process of passing 
in the US. Should we start banning apps? I mean, they're using they're using TikTok as the as the fall guy here, I suppose, but you know they'll just work everything else into it. And this will be like the digital version of what you were talking about of the in-person version of they want to go after something specific and so they can ban everything. They go after one particular group of people that are protesting, they can ban all protests. They go after yeah. one particular app here, they can ban all apps. Yeah, I mean, our laws in, I think, in all three countries are set by precedent. Um, and that's the the issue that we have. Once they've done it once, they can do it to other things. I am on a real horns of a dilemma here because I think TikTok is cancer. possibly... <laughs> it's cancer. Well, it's, it's the worst thing that has happened to our youth. And it's not just the youth as well. Today, I told you in prep, I was walking to the shops and I saw what could only be described as an unfortunate looking human of the male variety. He was like uh, a capital P, skinny legs, quite tall, big fat belly, dull, slack face, dead behind the eyes, um, staring into his phone as he's walking along. Uh, watching some pointless video. There's a three-year-old child holding his hand, chatting away, desperate for dad's attention, and he paid her none whatsoever. That's the way we've become with these time-wasting, attention-span-shortening, completely useless apps on our mobile tracking devices, uh, our phones. So... Whilst I, I want to see it banned, I also don't want to open the floodgates and permissions for governments to ban anything digital, uh, any right that we currently have. Was it Oscar Wilde? I may disagree with you, but I will fight to the fight death. Fight to the death to for your rights to say it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Something so, to that effect, yeah. Now, the ban of, in this country, as far as I'm aware, is not of the app itself, but it is banned from government and military devices. So, uh, to my mind, I've got no problem with that. Why should a phone that's meant for law enforcement or a government uh, office have anything but the ability to send a text message, receive an email, or make a phone call? That's all it should be. So anything else, get rid of it. Yeah, by all means. But for people's personal devices, that's where the problem lies. And that's exactly the problem here in the US, the bill that they're passing or, or trying to pass to ban TikTok. Um, here it is being touted as banning TikTok and it'll ban it from the entire country. The problem is the bill is not limited to TikTok. It also covers every medium of digital um, uh, uh, media uh, content. Um, we're talking like cryptocurrencies. We're talking um, any kind of digital current, like company currency, uh, video games, music, um, you name it. It's, it's also uh, on the chopping block or could be on the chopping block if it's deemed to be a national security risk. And you know damn well that anything is uh, can be deemed a national security risk. This is Patriot Act 2.0. You know, I was actually reading about something similar to this 
uh, today. Now, there was a specific government in the uh, the Southern Hemisphere that did something similar. And in, in recent times, when I say recent times, I mean the last 20 years, there was a TV station in this country that I'm speaking of. They refused to change their programming. Now, this has been this had been programming that had been on television for years. It was uh, just think of it like your daytime TV stuff, uh, you know, soap operas, game shows, that kind of stuff. Until a government came along, got itself elected for the people, of course, fighting for the people, fighting for your equality, your equity, and blah blah blah, all the usual buzzwords we hear these days. And this particular government, namely the uh, the person that was in charge of the government, decided that they were not going to renew the TV broadcast license for that TV station because of national security reasons, because it was a threat to domestic national security policies. Do you want to take a guess of what country that might be? Either of you? Venezuela. How'd you guess that? Yes, it was Venezuela, and it was Hugo Chavez, who was a Marxist, I might add. It almost sounds like, well, by God, they could be taking a page from exactly the same thing. Huh. You know what? The thing is, that obviously, that is an abuse of power. And all those Venezuelans sat there watching um, Spanish-dubbed American sitcoms and American soap operas. No, they no, were no, no, no. Totally these were not. Yeah, these, they're, they're, these, they're, no, no, no. These were. They could, now there could have been some of that on there, but these were Spanish soap operas. These were domestically produced, but they're produced in countries that aren't socialist or Marxist, and so therefore uh, demonstrate a style of life and a way of living and expectations that someone in possibly the poorest country in the world could expect to have. So what was happening, I'm not defending Chavez by any means, but what he saw as happening was his population were becoming dissatisfied with what they were being given because of what they've seen on TV. I feel the same way. I am sick to death of the advertising that we get in this country and it how it raises, it raises people's expectations of what they can afford what they should be having oh look how the other half lives and it, it makes people miserable it really does advertising should be minimal and honest you know when the tobacco companies were banned from advertising do you know what yes. happened to their profits uh they they went up they they actually went up because they weren't wasting their money on advertising because everyone who smokes will continue to smoke they didn't need to spend all that money on advertising. But this is this is the problem that, that, that you've got with these kind of things. When you ban something, you've got no right. You haven't got the right to, to tell somebody else what they can and can't watch. More, more doctors smoke camels than any other cigarette. Yeah. My oh, grandmother. It gets better. Who, it gets, these are some of the ads from like the 1920s or something, but it gets better. Look at this one. Taste isn't the only reason I smoke. And this is a pregnant woman standing there holding yep. a... Uh, Holding a cigarette in her hand. Yeah, uh, and the, this it's it's disgraceful, extremely extremely manipulative advertising. There was one that failed, which was you're you're never alone with a strand strand cigarettes. Uh, it made it look as though only lonely people smoked strand. So that advertising failed. But <laughs> some of the advertising, you know, the, some, some of the tobacco advertising is still actually on like signs and stuff here. It's really strange. Uh, I mean, of course, you see it in like the cities and stuff. I don't see it, you know, too much out here in the countryside. But um, 
you do see it in the cities. And it was really strange because they actually got to the point in, what was it, the 90s you started seeing those things disappear? Uh, Bruce, we we were seeing it. We would see the yep. billboards and stuff all the time in the the you know the of course when I was in, you know kid in the eighties and then of course the nineties. But as I got to the age of adulthood, those things just all disappeared. So yeah, they 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 started doing the anti tobacco company stuff uh, about the nineties, and they were also doing like the anti drug uh, programs in yeah. schools and whatnot that ended up failing and only encouraged yeah. kids to do more drugs. But then uh, now we have over those drugs sound goods. Yeah, that, well, now we have over 100,000 uh, fentanyl deaths from China in the U.S. every year or so. But back to TikTok. Um, you get these stupid trends on TikTok, don't you? And people do different things. Now, I've, I've found myself accidentally watching a TikTok video while I'm trolling people on Facebook. I enjoy to troll people on Facebook whenever I hear someone say something inane or fly the Ukrainian flag or some other form of propaganda on their profile picture whilst commenting, I will troll them to within an inch of their life. But I've seen some of these trends on TikTok. There's one called the No Bra Challenge, which is absolutely hilarious. And you can see how people's time is easily wasted. What you get is a a well-endowed young lady in the chest area wearing a loose-fitting T-shirt which they then pull over their head, uh, put a pair of sunglasses over the top of the T-shirt on their eyes, and then shake themselves vigorously. Now, that's one trend, um, and I, I, I may have only watched, I this don't know, what, one or... This is what you do in your one, spare time. This is not what I do in my spare time, but I may have watched, you know, maybe one or two uh-huh. thousand of these videos. Okay. So... <laughs> But look, you can just see how ridiculous, what a waste of time, how humiliating it is, how degrading it is. But people are doing it on TikTok. So is banning TikTok particularly a bad thing? No, no, it's not. It's a really good idea to get rid of that filth, uh, useless, bad-for-you app off of your phone. That's Um, run by the Chinese Communist Party. That is run by the Chinese Communist Party. But then again, you've got other things like... Um, I have to get it round the right way. OnlyFans, which I think is an Instagram. Is is it on Instagram or uh, is it? I don't know. I don't know if that's an. uh, Is that its own independent thing? It's 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 its own independent thing, and they allow more risk uh, content. Okay, they 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 allow porn actually on it. So supposedly they're they're restricting like. It's more. Uh, it, it doesn't matter. It, it, it's it's effectively porn, but supposedly they're uh, restricting the the more hardcore. Well, I haven't seen any because I haven't subscribed and would never subscribe. But my understanding is no, I haven't. Stop laughing. I haven't. Um, <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but my understanding is it, it's it's niche porn. It's it's all those kind of quirky, kinky things that sad old men want to get young women or young men to do live on camera and it's just such a bad bad thing even from a non-religious perspective it it is degrading it's harmful mentally damaging and and needs to be gone so yes i want them to ban that app and other apps but at the same time i don't want them to be able to uh, you know, take away my right to stream a film I want to watch or or watch a particular 
sitcom or soap opera, not that I watch any soap operas, just because it doesn't have the right political message for that country's government. It's something we have to be very weary of. And who's got the time, patience and legal knowledge to read the small print on the bill as it goes through and say no? So so maybe it should be, as I've said many times, down to public referendum. And and any of these bans should be down to a vote of, of all people with the franchise. That would, would entail uh, that we would have to do direct democracies like the Swiss, which I'm actually I'm all for uh, if, if we're going to go down that road. They're able to keep certain things out of their society uh, and safeguard their uh, uh, their country and their national security based on their system. And I applaud them for that. They also don't have to deal with a centralized government. Uh, so again, I applaud that too, because the people have to vote on everything. They do have the, the cantons, of course, they represent uh, each area, but there's not a, a, any kind of a... Um, really a functioning parliamentary system down there because the people are the Congress. So that's the closest thing we would have on this planet right now to a, a form of direct democracy. Well, we've been effectively fooled into believing that we are living in democracies for quite some time. I don't know if I mentioned this the other day, but, you know, you had the agricultural revolution, the industrial revolution, and now we're talking about the Great Reset being the fourth industrial revolution, yeah? Every time there's been one of these revolutions and supposedly power uh, shifts and uh, equality becomes the victor, it's funny how the wealth, the land, those hard assets uh, and the power all stays in exactly the same hands. It never actually changes. So we've been convinced every time we hold a general election, oh, yeah, we're going to get the government we want in. No, you get... I'm afraid countries get the governments they deserve, and we've got an absolute bunch of thunder cards. So the banning uh, to go to, I'm going to kind of hit on all these, the banning of TikTok, OnlyFans, hell, even your porn websites. I, I think that's something that's needed. I agree. Here's the problem, though. All of those are symptoms to a greater problem in society. It's not those websites themselves that are the problem. It's society itself has has uh, become damaged over time, and we need to repair that. Uh, you know, so I, I don't. I think it's beyond repair, Bruce. And I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you can go back as far as history takes us. Probably not the first hand printed cave images. But as soon as you get to Greek society and the mosaics in, in certain Greek buildings, in Roman buildings, you've got porn happening right back. How old is the Kama Sutra? That's probably two or three thousand years old. Two thousand years old, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I would go back even further. If you, if you want to look at the Bible as a history book, you can go back even further to Sodom and Gomorrah, where the, the kind of perversions that were going on in the streets there it, it it puts what the Greek were doing to shame. And that was roughly 5,000, 6,000 years ago. So Yeah, but they dealt with yeah. that, though, didn't they? I mean, Old Testament style, they, they dealt with that. Well, I mean, that was dealt with, yeah. If you if you believe the account is a historical record, right. there was some kind of volcanic or, or meteor shower or asteroid or whatever you want to call it, um, took care of that location. That, that That's true. Um, but... Yeah, but the thing is... People 
have always been titillated and turned on by certain things. It's not really entertainment. Entertainment should be something that motivates and, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, basically just um, drives your higher brain uh, to, to think about things the and, word you're and so for. on. Stimulate. Stimulate. Thank you. Well, I'm getting old. Uh, but also rather than stimulating uh, the lower part of your brain and your primal urges, um, entertainment should be more stimulating on a higher level. But we, we've always fallen into that, um, that pit. Uh, and I don't want to, honestly, I don't want to sound like a religious burbling maniac or someone who's a Puritan, some kind of prude, because I am not, as you know. But we do need to do something about it because the, the level of, of, of access to it and the amount of time people are spending on these apps is, is pitiful. At least with our podcast, they can plug a set of headphones in, go for a nice walk, have a look around, um, enjoy the countryside. You could even drive because obviously we shouldn't be too sonorous and, and our tone's not too dulcet as to put them to sleep. Although I have had people tell me that I have put them to sleep by talking. So uh, your turn, Johnny. I uh, I thought that we would go ahead and call this one uh, done for the night, but uh, unfortunately, we can't leave just yet because I have a surprise for you. Uh, just for the benefit of the listener, he's been winding me up about this all day. Uh, I'm pretty sure um, if he, he he better have got the bleep in earlier on when I said what I said. So let's see if I have to break the bleep button on this one. Marty, we've talked about the 15-minute city, and you're not a fan of these things, are you? Oh, that's understatement. Master of understatement there, Johnny. Well done. Well, the United Kingdom is implementing these 15-minute cities across the country without the consent of the constituency in different counties and different cities and, and things like that. Uh, I did see some video earlier this week, and we saw some last week of some very uh, motivated young individuals out there with uh, with angle grinders and cutting wheels and, and cutting down those uh, those cameras that were illegally being put up to photograph number plates of cars that would leave the zone. So, I mean, nonviolent civil disobedience, I think, is the only thing because they're not listening. They're not even consulting people in this regard. They're putting these uh, concrete and steel bollards up so you can't leave the, uh, the the cities or the towns within your, your 15 minutes city, neighborhood, whatever in the hell they call it, wherever you are. The entirety of London and all of the boroughs are set to become a 15 minute city. Uh, and I did see earlier today there were some people that set a whole bunch of bins on fire uh, where there should have been a uh, a blocked area where traffic couldn't go. Uh, Marty, the town you live in is is that set to become a fifteen minute city, or do you without saying which town it is, of course? Do do you know whether or not they're planning to do the council's planning to do such thing there? Well, the town in which I I live has now got a liberal democrat council. Uh, it was a conservative council. Now it's a liberal democrat council. And they're the kind of fly-by-night lefty lunatics that might just try something like that, yes. But I haven't heard anything. Well, I hope for your sake that it doesn't happen. However, when you're going to put these 15-minute cities in, and it, again, in the UK, I mean, we're, we're seeing them all over, but mainly the UK's, for some reason, I don't know why, but you guys are taking the brunt of this, and I don't understand why, but 
you guys are literally taking in the West, you're taking the lead on these things. And so this is where we're seeing the most activity. Now, when you create these things and you, you start implementing these things, you're going to need some people to enforce it, right? So you're going to put the, the traffic blocks up to stop the traffic from going through. So you're going to have to have people enforce it. And again, Marty, I hope that, that this doesn't happen in the, uh, in the town where you live. So I would like to show you this video of, uh, uh, of a young lady here, and she's on her way to work, okay? This is a working uh, mother. She has children that she has to provide for, so she has to go to work, and she's on her way. I don't know the, uh, the city here, but clearly this is in the UK because the steering wheel's on the right side, and, and you can see, okay, well, yeah, they got the usual, uh, they move like the plant pots or whatever it is, or the bollards or whatever, and they put them up there. Now, in order to enforce this, you need some enforcers. It just so happens that Antifa have been selected to be the 15-minute city enforcers. Take a listen. Hello. Have you got any right to stop here? Uh, uh, yeah, you'll see this is a note for motor vehicles. This is motor Yeah, do you go to work? Uh, yes, I'm on my way to work. Yeah, so after the time you're going? Stop there and talk to my friends for about 15 minutes. Yeah, you stay here uh, just all your day, just wasting people's time. Uh, no, enforcing the traffic law. You're not allowed to drive through here. So, have you got anything to show me that you can stop me? Uh, you see that sign? Yeah, excuse me, I want to see you. <laughs> No, you don't understand. Yeah, don't worry. I want to see if you got something that show me that you can stop me. No, no, no. You, can you stop me to go through there? No. So, for the benefit of the listener, uh, okay. two people in high visibility jackets um, and one beardy weirdy in a very old uh, heavy metal tour t-shirt are obstructing this lady who's clearly um, an immigrant to the United Kingdom, but has got sufficient cojones uh, to stand up to these absolute idiots. Okay. I'm glad that she's got patience as well, because if it was my car that these idiots were standing in the way of, I would have by now either got out of the car and laid waste to the lot of them or driven it over the top of them. Johnny and Bruce are both giggling because they knew this would trigger me a little bit. I cannot believe I'm seeing this. This is this is obviously not an official 15-minute city. It's local idiots being motivated to try their best now we've got um <laughs> the lady's got out of the car oh yeah she's, she's pissed i know yeah i have the utmost respect and time for her because she's showing patience because no one's bleeding yet and yeah let's 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 see them let's see them try and do that in my area i can it only happen. imagine I can only imagine if you roll up to one of these stops and you get stopped by one of these blue-haired freaks with these high-visibility jackets. Yeah. <laughs> no, you see, the, the United Kingdom isn't isn't the same wherever you go. And uh, that looks like a metropolitan area, probably somewhere in London, where locals are just trying it on. London, London is a big city. It's got 7.2 million people living in, in the greater London area in the no one lives in inner London because they can't afford to. The only people who, who are there are uh, globalist elite and uh, various... International financiers. Yeah, and, and hotel services staff 
to make sure that the the globalist elite and financiers um, can can have their lunches and dinners, uh, and they're all living uh, six people to a room in rented accommodation, which is deducted direct from their very poor wages. So no, that that wouldn't happen here where I live because there's too many ex servicemen for a start, to, and an awful lot of serving servicemen. Uh, so. At the moment, they haven't completely subverted our armed forces. And the only reason they haven't completely subverted the American armed forces is because of the sheer size of the American armed forces, although they are having a bloody good go at making sure we couldn't fight our way out of a wet paper bag. And ours as well, uh, I might add. So yes, it's um, uh, it, un- it's an unfortunate uh, set of circumstances. But again, Marty, I thought that I would, and I told you on the phone earlier today. I said this has got to be the the best surprise that I've had for you all year to this point. And so it is I'd- a good one, but at least it's someone standing up to the idiots. Yeah, um, and I and, rue and the day that Antifa decides that they're going to enforce a fifteen minute city in your city. <laughs> To paraphrase, uh, Antifa would become Antifless because I would <laughs> knock the bastards out. Indeed. All right, my friend, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you for uh, for rounding out the week on us. We'll see you next week, yes? Yes, indeed. Yep, absolutely. Although I have just undertaken to take part in a Shakespeare production of The War of the Roses in which I will be playing two characters, Buckingham and Old Mortimer. So it gives me an opportunity for lots of medieval sword fighting, which I'm very much looking forward to uh, getting back and treading the boards and performing. I wish you the very best of luck. And as they say in the uh, the stage business, break a leg, my friend. Not really. I should should probably break several. Yeah. All right, we're going to go ahead and call this one done. Gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure having you both on. Thank you both for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. God bless everyone. Have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday. Good night, man.